Welcome to the Story Machine 9000, a podcast where we would normally conceptualize movies based on the 48-hour concept. But this is a special episode. This is a continuation of the behind-the-scenes of our podcast drama, Earl of Montana and the Knights of Ice. So if you haven't been keeping up with regular updates, this is where we are. Uh, Last year, we came together as a group during a story retreat, and we tried to identify the beats based on the original podcast episode. After that, Chris and I took the script for a few months and basically started to write the second draft. And recently, we shared that draft in the form of a table read with the larger group. So that was the first time that Dave and Justin had ever seen the script. And the objective of the table read was to really hear the story out loud for the first time and start to collect feedback and start to identify ways that we might improve the story. So rather than play back the whole table read, because then there wouldn't be much incentive in listening to the real deal later, we uploaded the email machine with some questions to ask the group about the table read and their initial reactions. Take it away, email machine. What was it like seeing the script for the first time? The Earl of Montana and the Knights of Ice by the Story Machine 9000. That's us, guys. Yep. A warm summer breeze blows over rolling green hills segmented by weathered fences. Seeing the script for the first time was pretty exciting. It felt real at that point, so it was pretty cool to, to see that in a pretty official way. The initial table read was even better than I expected. It was smooth. Of course, there was still a fair amount of joking around and things. And We should host the LARP here on the ranch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and energy no. is gone. <laughs> but um, it definitely breathed more life into it. There was more character development. Like they're always going to be a little flat when you first concept them, but giving them a little more stickiness as far as like these are their wants, their interests. This is how they this is how they interact with each other. I personally, I was really excited to share the script for the first time. Admittedly, I was a little afraid just because. Not everything stuck, right? So, you know, thinking back to the, 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 the story retreat that we had and even the, the initial podcast episode, I mean, some, of, some parts of the script had gone through some pretty radical changes. And not that I thought anyone was going to take offense to it. I just, I didn't want to lose what we originally all really loved about the script or the idea in the first place. Looking back... How has the story changed from the initial episode for the better? I think the main thing that stuck out to me um, is like we kind of dropped the Lady of the Woods love interest. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a big part in the the podcast episode, but it was definitely sort of at the end a way to like wrap everything up real nice. Fade into, you know, whatever, weeks, months later or right. whatever, you know, and it's him and that woman on their oh, yeah. couch, maybe reading Lord of the Rings to their children or something like I'm like, oh yeah, they fall in love. But as we were writing it, it it felt sort of disingenuous to sort of force this like romantic relationship between them when they had just met. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe your boys enjoy this nonsense as a way to remember her? Earl pauses. You know, this ranch was her vision. Uh, and that's what I liked about her. She could she could see the reality of this place before I could. Really, with the story, it's about Earl and his boys, and like that's the focus, and even more of like maybe Earl getting into their imagination. But that's it's still about his boys. That's about them bonding. It's kind of like how in like Frozen, no one gets married at the end because it's it's not about that. It's about the, a father and his boys, and not about Earl having his new wife. That's a replacement for the old one, and now they have a happy family because of that. 
All right, Dad, we're ready. All right, boys, your quest, if you choose to accept it, is to finish painting the north wall of the stables. The boys groan in mock despair at this. Aww. I mean, another thing, you know, another thing that comes to mind that, that really sort of evolved over the course of the script writing process was the relationship between Peter and James. The two boys are sitting in front of their laptop and sulking <laughs> as they look at their favorite LARPing forums. Can you believe, Dad? Kings of the Rings? Dad just doesn't get it. And he doesn't want to. I guess I think about, especially the brothers, the brothers just seemed like like little plot devices that enabled us to go into the LARP, but they really weren't fleshed out as far as anything in the original concept. Seeing the script like, come out um, and having them like banter back and forth or like they're they're like talking with each other at night, like over the laptop, like, hey, quick, breathe them down my neck. Like th those like little scuffle things that happened, like really breathed a lot more life into them. And it was, it was really cool to see that. Peter pauses and realizes what he just said. He turns to James. Dad's never gonna go for this. He won't even have to do anything. We'll plan the whole thing and it'll make so much money for the ranch. But like I said, he just doesn't understand anything fantasy. James jumps off the bed and paces back and forth as he formulates a plan. We just have to sell it to him in a way that he can understand. Especially seeing as how uh, one is the older brother and the other is the youngest, you know, and really sort of defining what that relationship looks and sounds like, right? So in other words, Peter being the older of the two really kind of had uh, a sense of responsibility. And um, conversely, James was a little bit more emotional. It was a, it was a little bit more um, excitable and, uh, you know, quick to emotion. And we, we see that we see that the tables turn a little bit as, you know, toward the toward the the third act when, you know, Peter is ultimately kind of defeated. And, you know, James is the one that kind of comes to his his rescue, emotionally speaking. What part are you most looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to some of the battle scenes because it was a challenge to write them, thinking that, well, this is all audio, so you're never going to see these fights. And so it was sort of a, it was it was writing enough information and then sort of like, le that's a part where we're sort of leaving it up to the rest of the group to help create it like with a soundscape and so like on the page it might look like two paragraphs but we're i'm hoping it'll feel a lot bigger than that warriors charge <clears throat> bedivere and his men charge down the field toward the unsuspecting alliance forces liz and edward try in vain to rally their troops what unfolds is a lord of the Rings style battle <laughs> so personally um like playing the king I'm just more excited to actually like read through the lines and try to get his voice and his, his mannerisms correctly. All right, kids, game's over. Everyone out of my stables now. Ah, you must be the Earl of Montana that I've heard so much about. I feel like when we were um, doing this, the quick read, I was still trying to figure out his voice and like, cause I feel like he wasn't quite as snobby and pretentious kind of as he, as he could have been. And so I'm pretty excited to see how that like comes out via actually practicing my lines and such. So the King of Ice, um, it's funny because like when we were concepting it, it was like, we were sort of cajoling around the idea of like, oh yeah, he's got his, he's got his henchmen and it'd be awesome if they just like weigh in and like mirror everything that he says. The king laughs and his knights join in. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better because like he just like dominates everybody. 
he just like uses everybody and it's like they they back him up more out of fear than out of respect and i love that blake i just got a text guards seize him the two guards grab cell phone knight by the shoulders and haul him toward the king a tall dark-haired man in full padded armor and a cape if it wasn't for the black hockey pads you'd think he's the real deal the king leans in and aggressively whispers assume your role a thousand apologies my king you know the part that i'm looking forward to the most are the parts um during the read that we all just got really excited about you know they're you know it typically came at the end of scenes right when you know there was this sort of uncontrollable excitement you know where are you going the king turns back we ride for montana i love we ride it's so fucking good (laughs) what part needs the most work you know, not a whole lot. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of work to be done. I think there's definitely some stuff that we can kind of workshop in the moment. If there was one part that I would, I'd want to keep working on or add to, it's probably the descriptions that we use at the beginning of each scene, uh, or like descriptions of characters. Because I think in the moment, writing it, it it was really hard and it felt kind of silly to spend a paragraph like talking about what Earl looks like. But um, when I got a chance to listen to the table read, I realized maybe a description here makes sense because no one's ever seen Earl before. And maybe we need to paint a picture of him. Either it's going to be with sound effects or we might hear it afterwards and think it might need something is the, the last battle where it seems sort of anticlimactic for, for the, the Josh, the, the reader, just to kind of like describe what happened. The stables are almost too crowded to move. Despite having the high ground, the King of Ice's bodyguards are ripped from the table and dragged into the battle below. And again, like he not hearing sound effects, or I, I don't know if there's any like quick lines that go in there between Earl and the King of Ice, or even just hearing like the struggle of the battle. But I feel like that might be something that we can see when it's done. Might not. It might need to be more climatic than what it was while reading it. Thanks, email machine. Yeah, I mean, I guess in, any sort of parting words would just be you know largely around. You know, I'm just like I'm I'm genuinely excited about this because when we started the podcast over a year ago, we really thought it was just going to be kind of um for want of a better phrasing more of the same. Um and while I like doing traditional episodes of the podcast, I think this is going to be hopefully an annual tradition and something to really look forward to. And I think it it'll ultimately kind of improve the the quality of the the stories too. I mean, and it's it's really just sort of a, a testimony to how well really all the the podcast episodes are just first drafts, right? Like, I don't know if we could have made something um, this exciting um, if we hadn't gone through uh, uh, an iteration process. And while, like I said, I'm I'm really fond of the original podcast episode, I think the opportunity to really workshop and really sort of define or, and, and take the take the, the story to the next level has been really, really exciting. And uh, I'm, just based on the table read, I'm really looking forward to it. So those are all the updates for now. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at storymachine9000 at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at storymachine9k, hashtag sm9k. And as usual, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now you can find the full catalog on SoundCloud. And that's the show, everyone. Our logo design was by David Padgett. Music and mixing by Dave Allen. Additional technical support by Justin Teal. And this episode was edited by Chris Wegman. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Hey, 